Welcome back to Welcome Home. My name is Abby Vervak and I use she, her pronouns. And my name is Katie Cole and I also use she, her pronouns. This week, we've got a little bit of a shorter episode for you. It is just Katie and I hosting this week. And just like all the other students at Simmons, we have all been pretty busy with the end of the semester. We've only got a couple stories for you this week, but we promise you they're worth your time. This semester has been incredibly challenging. Um, e-learning, balancing jobs, perhaps remote internships. And all of the asynchronous work we've had to do, it's been a lot for students. And we've talked a lot to students this semester about how they're feeling about online learning, but we haven't really heard it from the flip side of the coin. So um, this past week, we published a story from Madison Poshkis. She did an amazing job um, speaking actually to professors about what e-learning has been like for them specifically professor parents, because not only are they teaching as Simmons students, they're also taking part in teaching their own children. Hey, welcome home listeners. My name is Madison J. Poshkis, and I'm a staff writer for the Simmons Voice. My latest piece is entitled Home for the Semester, a profile on professor parents in the Simmons community. Earlier in the semester, the Simmons community received word that all spring 2021 courses will be held online, a decision that has many members of the Simmons community wondering what another remote semester will look like for them. However, many professors know exactly what it will look like, more teaching and more parenting from home. I spoke with Simmons professors Lena Zuckerweis, Christina Pachulis, Christina Marcos, Rachel Gans-Boriskin, and Mike Welch, all of whom are currently professoring and parenting from home. While the ages and schooling models of their children vary, they have one thing in common, juggling the duties of parenting with full-time professorships. Zuckerweiss said that she feels the wider societal sentiments surrounding these challenges have changed. She remembers a time last spring where the messaging from every corner seemed to be a resounding, whatever you can do is enough. But while these messages have faded, the situations that initially caused for them have not. Parents are still in a crisis. Not having full-time childcare is a crisis, Zuckerweiss said. Parents with older and with younger children are adjusting to all of this togetherness that the pandemic has brought them. Christina Pachulis remarked that the most challenging thing about working from home is that she's suddenly been thrust into a new role of elementary school teacher for her school-aged children. But there are things about this new model that are working for our community, personally and pedagogically. Christina Marcos told me that this fall, her curricula and her students provided her much-needed moments of solace, moments where she did not have to think about either COVID-19 or the contentious 2020 election. When I spoke with Rachel Gans-Boriskin, she said, There are things pedagogically that have gone on this semester that I really feel are an improvement. I'll probably keep some of those lectures when we go back on the ground. For a generation that learns from YouTube, this format has such a benefit, she said. She was speaking of remote, asynchronously recorded modules for her classes. Zuckerweiss spoke a little bit about how she feels that remote learning may actually help Simmons professors towards implementing tenets of inclusivity and equity in their pedagogy. I do think that there are aspects of remote learning that are very conducive to teaching a diverse set of learners, and that the remote environment is conducive to delivering material in a variety of ways rather than just in one way in the classroom, Zuckerweiss said. Ultimately, when asked about lessons learned and feelings felt looking down the barrel of another remote semester, Simmons professor parents seemed optimistic. 
Mike Welch spoke of the generous flexibility given by colleagues, and Zuckerweiss remarked at the bravery, flexibility, and resilience she's seen in her students and colleagues throughout this difficult period. Simmons students and faculty are uniquely resilient and capable of making this work. We've been doing it and will continue doing it, and there is an end in sight. This isn't going to last forever, she said. Thank you so much to all of the professor parents who generously gave their time and quotes to this article, and thanks to the Welcome Home team for having me on the pod. Take care, stay safe, and support student journalism. Bye! Thank you so much, Madison, for reporting on such an important topic. In this really challenging semester, I think it's incredibly important that we hear the stories of different groups of people within the Simmons community and how the remote nature of this semester has affected them. Um, I think it does really bring us closer together as a community to hear how other people are doing. Definitely. And I think that one of the hardest parts of remote learning is that you really feel that you're left to your own devices because you're not in directly physically in the Simmons community anymore. You're at your desk at home, potentially only with your family, maybe with a couple of roommates. And it can be really challenging to feel like you're a bigger part of something other than yourself. And I think this has been particularly hard on the people who have never felt the Simmons community before the first years. Abby, I know you reported a little bit about this. I did. So earlier on in the semester, I interviewed Livy Ray, who's the class president of the class of 2024, our first years this year. She told me about what it's like to be the leader of a class that's kind of just been dropped into the college experience, and many of them have never even been to Simmons campus. We talked about everything from student life to first years navigating the remote academic and social scenes to what the feeling is like altogether for first years after they had an experience in the spring where they didn't have graduation ceremonies and proms. And for a lot of them, moving out of their family homes was the ne- the big milestone they thought they were finally going to have and that they were holding on to. And now with the spring, that feeling continues. So let's give it a listen. Your first year of college is challenging in more ways than one. You're adjusting to a new environment, new expectations with academics, and you learn a lot about yourself in a short period of time. But as we've said before, this experience has been entirely different for the class of 2024. Thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, they haven't had a traditional first-year college experience. And while Simmons has been intentional about checking in with these students and giving them the resources to succeed, they, like everyone else in the world, don't get it right every time. Olivia Ray, the president of the class of 2024, has felt these challenges tenfold as she tries to lead her class through their far-from-normal first year of college. I spoke with Ray back in October about how her experience had been so far. For some background, under normal circumstances, Ray's role would typically focus on event planning, but these aren't normal circumstances. So she told me how she's changed the role to meet the needs of her class in this moment. Well, I, you know, I can't speak for anyone else. I'm sure everybody has the experience that they're, you know, doing a little bit more than the role that they're written out to have. I do think that because we don't have events on the ground right now, it's a different kind of leadership. I feel like I'm, I've got more of a solidarity sister approach than a 
sort of get to know you carnival approach. Um, because we've all, <laughs> we get the bells and whistles from all directions with our fake graduation ceremonies and our online orientation and everybody trying to make the best out of everything all the time. Like we get all that sort of um, forced celebration. So I think that my place isn't really to add to that, but just to be an outlet and, you know, a, a, a bridge for people to get involved. Bray's work as class president has not been without challenges. Approximately 39 days passed after Ray was elected before she heard from her advisor for the first time. She was the only person elected to the 2024 class council in August when SGA held the election. So she was really on her own. And that wasn't easy. So I, I, have, I have no idea how to do budgeting. I've been... Originally, I was offered absolutely no guidance at all. There's nobody else on my council. I didn't have faculty to turn to, so I was just kind of like, oh, no. So I ended up talking to Alicia LaPolla and the 2023 president. They were like, you got to run your own elections and like figure out the rest of your council so you can get started. So I was like, great, great, great. Spent a couple dozen hours on making the election platform as similar to the official student government one as I could. Went through with that lots and lots of people in my class voted and then the day after was the first time I heard from SGA again to tell me that I broke the constitution and that it's all invalid and while that is true I uh was I was a little blindsided because I was you know I was told to do that by people who are older than me and I assumed knew what they were talking about and um it was frustrating for me because I felt like I was expected to do everything myself, and then once I did, what I did was a problem. I confirmed with the class of 2023 president, Abigail Jones, that she spoke with Ray and told her how in the past she had been able to fill vacant spots on her class council herself. Aside from fulfilling the traditional job requirements of class president, like planning Winter Wonderland, a Simmons tradition, Ray says that she's become someone her peers come to for help with navigating Simmons. That's meant that she's had to try really hard to get to know a large group of people that she's never actually met in person. Do you feel like you know the class of 2024? I feel a lot of people who I don't know know me. For, you know, very, I, my face has been on a lot of things because of SGA. So I've had people reach out to me about questions that I usually can't answer, but try really hard to. So I feel like as a whole, I've got a good sense of what we're like as a class. And how would you describe your class then? I think that we're a lot closer than many incoming freshmen are, especially for freshmen who've never lived together, who've never had in-person class together. And a lot of us have never met each other. Um, we have sort of the terrible but effective corona bond um and what i've seen is that everybody every single person that i've met is passionate but they're all passionate about something different so i've met people who really want to learn how to be a neonatal surgeon and i've met people who work on local campaigns every single day for the past three years 
And there are people who just, you know, like really want to move to Florida and open a smoothie shop. And it's just like, it's all kinds of people. And it's sort of um, a weird, oh, it's a weird quilt. <laughs> With classes online again in the spring, it doesn't look like the class of 2024 will get the traditional first year experience in this academic year. So I asked Ray if she still has hope for getting those coming of age experiences eventually. I've already mourned my freshman year. I don't think that it's super productive for me to feel bad about it, you know? Just personally, I know that that could take up a lot of my headspace and I need that headspace for <laughs> all the other things I'm doing. Um, I, I would be, I think what I would still find disappointing is having our first semester overlap with next year's freshmen having their first semester. I think that that would be, I think it would be unfair to them. And I honestly, I think it, it would just, it would just be tough for us because, you know, we, we lost our graduate, we lost our high school graduations. We lost our proms. We lost our college decisions for a lot of us. Um, we're having never seen campuses. Um, there's no easy solution. It just is really a hard pill to swallow that likely this is freshman year or two. I think that we feel like, at least I feel like I did everything right. Like I, I got the grades I needed. I took the tests I needed to take. I did it. I graduated high school and there's, there wasn't the payoff that you'd hope from that. And then there wasn't the payoff that you're expecting your entire life with turning 18 and moving out. Uh, the sort of light at the end of the tunnel that I feel like we saw for maybe a week or two at the beginning of September is gone again. That might be partially because we're all trying to figure out how to write college essays and do online labs and there's a lot of other things going on, but I know for me personally, it feels like every time I'm close to the finish line, it jumps back. I think that probably goes for a lot of people. Abby, thank you so much for reporting on that. And a special thanks to Livy Ray for telling us her story. We love hearing the stories of students at Simmons. And a little plug next week's episode it will be our last episode of the semester so it would be really great if you could record a little piece of audio telling us about how your semester was maybe like hi i'm katie and this semester was horrible for me because i had a lot of work all the time even just a little blurb like that we would love to include it into our next pod and talk a little bit about how students have been feeling this semester Katie, I know that while you and I are both not on campus, there has been one group of students who, for the most part, it has been on campus or at least in the Boston area to complete their clinicals in the nearby hospitals. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. So nursing students are perhaps the one main group of students who are actually able to do some in-person coursework 
and some work at in and to live in Boston. So I spoke to a couple different nursing students because they're currently wrapping up their clinical rotations or have just recently wrapped up their clinical rotations at Boston area hospitals. Um, clinical rotations are a part of the nursing student experience where nursing students are put onto different floors of hospitals, say a gastrointestinal surgery floor or a medical surgical floor where they learn the ropes of being a nurse firsthand. Um, sometimes they're allowed to give medication. They treat patients specifically. And it's really important for um, them to learn before they go into their nursing career. It's where they really put all of their classroom knowledge into practice. Um, and so I was wondering how nursing students were feeling about this, considering that they're finishing up their clinical rotations and they're learning the ropes of their profession at a dramatically challenging part of the U.S. healthcare history. We're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and cases are spiking across the United States. I spoke with a couple different nursing students to find out how their experience went. Let's take a listen. Simmons nursing students are finishing up clinical rotations at Boston hospitals as COVID cases rise in Massachusetts. Students were able to complete clinicals with some normalcy this semester, but there were a few changes. Some hospitals cut the number of students allowed on hospital floors in half, and others required students to be fitted for N95 masks. Students said they felt safe at hospitals, partly because Simmons wouldn't allow students to work with COVID patients. Alice Najimi, a junior nursing student, recently completed her clinical rotations at Brigham Women's Hospital. She said eating out at a restaurant worries her more than working in healthcare. I think I'm more worried about getting it in like the general public because everybody in the hospital has such a good understanding of like the precautions that you need to take. That was a Jamie. But other students are more worried about COVID in their workplace. It was a little nerve wracking for me um, because I'm also like immunocompromised. So it was like, I need to get this like in for my degree, but also like I mean, system is not good. That was Hannah Bishop, a junior who just finished up her clinical rotations at Mass General Hospital. She has juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, an autoimmune disorder for which she takes multiple immunosuppressive medications. She was nervous but felt safe with personal protective equipment and reassurance from her hospital. Hind Coder, the manager of clinical education at Simmons, said Simmons is taking the necessary precautions. We cannot prevent exposures, uh, but we will not place students on COVID units and make sure that the students have all the PPEs they need. Coder is currently planning clinicals for spring 2021 and hoping that case numbers will fall by the time students are set to start clinicals again in February. Katie, thank you so much for that reporting. Like we said before, it's great to hear about people's different experiences in this online semester. It's incredibly easy to feel isolated right now especially if you aren't living or near or with people from the Simmons community. And so hearing about other people's experiences makes at least me feel a little bit more connected uh, right now, even if I'm thousands of miles away from another Simmons student. You have another Simmons student in your apartment, you goon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I'm miles and miles away from you. I know. I miss you. Uh, it's hard because I feel like our friendship and the friendship with Sarah and Iz 
really took off during the virtual, you know, during the virtual format in the spring and over the summer. And I've really missed out on getting to experience like in-person friendship with you. It's been really, I've, such a sad thing COVID took away. I know, I agree. And right now, especially with the end of the semester coming, I know I'm doing some reflecting personally on how this semester has been and compared to the summer and last semester and we remote. Um, Katie, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, definitely I've been reflecting on the semester too and thinking about how I'm facing down yet another remote semester um, where I have opted not to live on campus, though Simmons has said that they will let up to 50% of residential students back on campus. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's been hard. Um, it feels like I have a lot more work to do in my daily life um, because, you know, a lot of the in-time classwork that we usually have gets transformed into asynchronous work. Um, and sometimes it's really hard not to feel isolated from the other members of your community. I don't really live close to any Simmons students who I'm really close with. And, you know, it's definitely challenging, but I've really pushed myself to get creative or I've been forced to get creative in, um, time management in like renegotiating how I spend time with people and understanding what relationships can be like despite um, a lack of physical proximity. Um, And I've gotten to spend a lot more time with my family than I ever anticipated. So I think that the virus has taken so much away, so many lives away, but it has given some kind of much needed time to reflect and spend time with people who, you know, may be important to you, but you haven't gotten a chance to prior. Yeah, I feel that as well. I think I've learned a lot, especially this semester about um, how to improve my experience remotely. I'm an extrovert and I get most of my energy from being around other people. And so doing remote internships and classes remotely has uh, kind of taken that from me in a little bit. So I've, uh, kind of just got managed to get used to it and find other things that make me happy and make me a better worker. Um, And while this is my last semester uh, with remote school, I know that things are still going to be remote in terms of work and a lot of other things uh, for the foreseeable future. So I think that the longer we do this, the kind of better we get at it. And I agree. I think that creativity during this time has been really important. That's how this podcast was born. And uh, that's pretty incredible. Uh, The work that The Voice has done since COVID really took off has been pretty incredible. And so those are things that I'm reflecting on at the end of the year and I'm really thankful for. I do have to be honest. I did feel a couple tears well up in my eyes when I realized I just it's constantly throughout the semester I'm having to realize this is our last semester with Abby Verbeck and then now I realize that as we are recording our second to last podcast this is Abby's second to last podcast ah I can't believe it you are about to graduate how are you feeling about no negotiating a remote job application and work scene uh it's definitely tough as the class of 2020 knows uh The job market, it's a little bleak right now, and especially with cases rising again, that's continuing. Uh, 
So, you know, it's difficult, but you really just got to keep your head up and keep going. Um, on the bright side, remote opportunities make it a little bit easier to find a job in the sense that you can apply, apply to places outside of where you live, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I will miss you all dearly, though. I will miss you so dearly. I still will be frequently texting you. Um, so get excited for that. That's fine by me. But yeah, I mean, me and, that's what, how me and Katie have been talking about this semester. And like she said before, we would love to hear from you. And if you, if you aren't comfortable submitting an audio story, even if you want to just shoot us a quick message about how this semester has been going for you and maybe your favorite or least favorite parts, you don't have to have a silver lining. We know most people don't this semester. So let us know how it's been going and we would love to share it on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening into this week's episode of Welcome Home. Special thanks to Madison Poshkis, Alice Najimi, Hein Coder, Hannah Bishop, Matt, uh, I already said Madison, Livy Ray, and everyone who contributed to the making of this podcast. Have a lovely week and good luck with your last week of classes. Welcome Home was created, produced, and edited by Isandella Cotto, Katie Cole, Abby Vervak, and Sarah Carlin. The theme music for this podcast was created by Matthew Harrison, a.k.a. Maddie Sun. The cover art for our podcast was made by Carly Dickler. Special thanks to everyone who contributed in the making of this podcast, through writing articles, conducting interviews, creating segments, and so much more. This has been a production of Simmons Radio The Shark and The Simmons Voice.